Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, old man Grognard here on this Friday, sunny Friday, oh yeah, and I hope you're all doing well. You know, I kind of wanted to do a bit of a rant about 5e, not really a rant, but well, let's just suffice to say that I thought I'd made my peace with 5e, but I have a feeling in the back of my mind that I'm never going to make my peace with 5e. I'll always be a little uncomfortable with it. And that goes for, I guess it goes for anything that comes after that. Because it's always the shiny that attracts people. But anyway, I'm getting into what I wanted, didn't want to talk about. So <laughs> my brain is just too kind of fried right now. It's, you know, waking up. And these are complex thoughts that I really don't want to deal with right now. Because I'm trying to wake up. So I wanted to talk about a memory. A game store memory why I like older editions, things like that. And, you know, when I was growing up, I did not, I didn't get into this hobby until I was about 22. And that was, to me, pretty late, even though it was around 81, which is a good time to get in the hobby. But I was a young adult when I got into this hobby, So I didn't have the experience that younger people did. Like I've said before, my first foray into role-playing games was first edition AD&D. And I think it was good because it still had that mystique about it. Anyway, I have a memory, though, of game stores based on the one game store in Long Beach that I know of, knew of, or well, it's still there. But to me, it was the, it is the quintessential game store, the stereotypical game store, the classic game store. Game stores today, yeah, they got places to play. Yeah, they got things. And there's really good ones out there. I know I've seen them on Facebook. People have told me about them, things like that. I've, I've even seen a couple of them. But the real classic game store, I can think of two places, one in San Jose and one in Long Beach. The first game store I ever been to was called The Game Table in Campbell, California, which is a one of the suburbs of San Jose. That's where I got my first D&D stuff. And it was mid beginning of the 80s, and it was a good time. Now, games today, new games, and I'm not talking about indie games. There's some great indie games out there that keep it simple. But all these, like 5th Edition and Pathfinder, and I look at the stuff with the beautiful layout and the color pictures and the... It really does immerse you into what they're trying to sell you, what they're trying to get you to play. But at the same time, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of, you know, repels me a bit because they just didn't have that clean black and white, simple font look of the earlier games. And this is all the way up to second edition too. Second edition had a little bit of this. 
they started getting away from it near the end. And since I got in, I'm just sort of rambling right now. I since I got into it at ADD first edition, I didn't do basic, I didn't do BX, but I can still appreciate them because they have that feel that I keep thinking. I keep coming back to the word musty, like those game stores. The game store in Long Beach I'm talking about is the Warhouse, and it's still there, and it's still the way it is. It's almost like somebody took this game store and put it in a time capsule or put it in a freezer or wrapped it up. And it's almost like time has not affected. Yeah, they got the newer, they always get the newer stuff, but you just get that, that wonderful musty feeling because it's been there for like, oh, 30 years plus. You got, you, you know, you know the, what I'm talking about here. They've got a few tables in the back to play. One seems to always be set up with terrain for something, battle tech or something else. And there's at least one or two other tables. People may be playing at one. Miniatures on the walls, just lining the walls in one room. And you got the guy with the beard behind the counter. Yes, he's standing in front of magic cards and other collectible card games, but you don't see that. It's just, it's that wonderful, once again, that smell, that that feel, that look of a, it's just a great game store. It, it's a, they, they do what they do and they do it well. Boxes of, like comic book boxes full of old game systems that they'll sell you if you want them. I found some real treasures. That's the store I started my Judges Go collection in, as I've told people many, many times before about it. And it's just a wonderful place. I, I can't remember the guy's first name, but the guy I ran it was, his last name was Lucky. And boy, does that describe him, because he's been there forever. Not forever, but at least 30 years. since I don't, And this is, I came out of this in my 20s. Uh, what I like about these things is the earlier books, they, like I said, they just have this feel. Now, my wife walked into the warehouse. She'll probably look around, and the first thing that comes to her mind is seedy. But it's just more than that. It just feels just warm and inviting in there for me. And to me, that's the way a game store should be. And the staff is somewhat helpful. You ask, you know, if you're looking for something in particular, they'll help you find it. They could probably order it for you. They've got tons of stock. You can go in the ba- if you go back to the ba- bathroom, you see like boxes lined of old things they can't sell and things like that. You sit down at the table, well-worn tables. They're still sturdy, but they're well-worn. You open the books, and you just it just comes rushing back to me. It does. Those early days I played AD and D, and it it's just a wonderful. It's this is what I get out of the old school. It really is. I pretty much devoured, not devoured, but I mean, I rated on a regular basis. I used to rate on a regular basis half price books because I was getting those same kind of books there. People were selling them off and I was buying them. Boy, was I buying them. And that's how I got my collection of books. Now, I like the indie scene these days because I'm getting the, not quite getting the same feel off of it, but a cl- close feel because these are all labors of love. They don't have the production value of, say, a Pathfinder or a, D- or a Watsy D&D game. But at the same time, 
they do some bang up stuff. Like I'm reading the dark of sort of the dark of Hot Springs Island right now. Beautiful book, the Midderlands books, Avamir, things like that. They just have that feel. I, I remember walking to the 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 warehouse and I just wanted to rummage through their back stock which you can do because they're all like comic book boxes. So I rummage through and I find this old, old copy of basic D&D Moldvay Cook. I mean, this thing looks like it had been sitting on the, on the floor of somebody's car for about a year and everybody's been stepping on it and pouring stuff on it. But I knew it hadn't because, and, and they wanted four ninety five for it. I didn't have basic. I think I had an advanced, a copy of Expert, but I didn't have basic. So I gave him five bucks for it. I brought it up to the counter, and I, <laughs> I remember walking up to the counter, and the 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 guy by the behind the counter, uh, he looks at me, and goes, "You want this?" And I said, "Yeah, I want it." Okay, and he rings it up, but I opened it up, and I could see the love in it. I could see this thing has been played, and this is why it looks this way. It may have sat on somebody's car, the the floor of somebody's car. I don't know. But I can tell it's been played and played and played and loved and played and loved. And so I just kept it. I got a nicer set of BX later that I had, like, Errol Otis and Zeb Cook and Steve Marsh signed the expert one, and Errol Otis signed the covers. I bagged them, and I just hang on to them. And if I'm going to use BX, I've got the two books. The, 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 the red one finally fell apart, and the blue one wasn't in too good a shape either. So I managed to put them in. I put them in binders because, remember, they were, pre, they were pre-punched. I put them in binders, and I use them that way, or I use Labyrinth Lord. Because, once again, the clones, a lot of the good clones have that feel to them, too. Because Labyrinth Lord has it in spades, Swords and Wizardry... Not so much, but still, you can tell the source, where it came from, and you get that feeling. But I, I remember looking at this and going, this is, this is great. I love this. And, you know, I, he said, do you want this? I said, well, I can still read it. Yeah, I want it. You know, there's nothing missing out of it. So, yes, please. So, that's what keeps me coming back to the OSR. It was just, I feel like it's a race memory. Yeah. But that's pretty much where it is with me. You guys ought to give me some of your memories like that of playing in these places. I never got to play in the Warhouse or the or the game table. The game table didn't have any tables in the back. It was funny. It's called the game table. It didn't have any tables in the back. But I never got to play in the Warhouse, and I kind of regret it. But you guys can tell me about these memories you have because they're all valid, and I'd love to hear about them. What keeps you going back to the OSR? You can either drop me a voicemail here at Anchor, or send me an email at omangrognard at gmail.com. And I do read them on here, and I do play them on here. So, there's that. So, time to start the day, and I hope you have a really good day out there. Until we speak again, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.